Is it possible to visit the Egyptian land of the dead and come back? Does exercise make you stronger or actually weaker? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Yo! Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to This Paranormal Life, the weekly show where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tale, case, claim, beast, and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you are joined by the two most decorated and prestigious and educated paranormal investigators in the world. My name's Kit Greer. This guy is Rory Pars across from me. That's right. How you doing, everybody? Rory, I got to skip the pretense here. Well, we can't pretend that we're having fun here because actually we got a lot of shit to talk about. I was actually having a pretty good time. Stop it right now. It's all right. Wipe that f***ing smile off your face. Whoa. I'll, or I'll rip it off. God damn it. All right. You need to get your head all in right. the game, okay. soldier. <laughs> Quick, take this. Whoa, where did you get this? These are You're hard to get. You're gonna need it. But why? I was tailed here, brother. I don't know who's listening or who's watching. Granted, apart from the podcast audience. Yeah, if you're worried about who's listening, who's watching, you shouldn't have come home, loaded a gun, handed it to me, and recorded a podcast that you know goes out to thousands of people. Thousands of investigators, not narcs. I don't know how many narcs are listening to us right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, We're going to be talking about some highly classified shit today, folks, and we can't take any chances. So uh, throughout the duration of this podcast, make sure and just, you know, like... Oh my god! Oh, they're here! You put a bullet in this gun? Oh, that was you. (laughs) That was me! I I didn't think you'd actually put a bullet in it. safety on it, bro. (laughs) You threw it at me. I like where your head's at, though. You threw it at me. I like where your head's at. With the safety off. Mm Mm-hmm. You you thought that was a good idea to throw a loaded gun at me with the safety off? second. Jesus. I like where your head's at, though. We gotta have those uh, trigger fingers itchy if you wanna keep up. No, my head was not there. It was a misfire. Now, in terms of evidence, I'm gonna be playing a lot of heavy footsteps and gunfire, and I need you to not get that confused with the real-life agents that are tailing us. Because if they do raid us, it's gonna be a lot of gunfire and a lot of heavy footsteps. The first clip you play is a, the sound effect of a SWAT team knocking on a door. I'm like, wait, what's real? Is this a clip? You're like, this is the first clip, but they're here. What? <laughs> okay, so I might seem a little highly strung, but uh, what I'm trying to do is get us ready, Rory, because later this year, we're going to be undertaking something uh, very important, a okay. live investigation, if you will. We're going to be going on location to Area 51. Wow, the big one. So... As many of you know, we've been getting a ton of email submissions over the last couple of weeks. Area 51 has been all over the news, all over the internet. So I thought it was high time that we investigated it right here on the show uh, and get you guys up to speed. It's come up once or twice before uh, on the Roswell episode um, and different investigations, but there is so much more to Area 51 than, than what we covered there. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Right off the bat, Roy... How much do you know? What are some of the basics for the uninitiated of what we should know about Area 51? Well, look, all I really know about the base is that it exists. Uh, Its existence was denied for years by the U.S. military until they finally acknowledged that it does exist. Uh, It's home to a lot of top secret uh, military projects. Uh, It has a lot of links with um, extraterrestrial sightings. Um, there's a lot of important people flying in and out of that area. And if you go anywhere near that thing, they will shoot you on site. Essentially, you're you're done, you're gone, you're hunted. 
Um, so it's a dangerous place to go. And that's why we got to do this thing in numbers, which is what the Facebook group is all about. Right, the Facebook group. I'm glad you brought it up. So this is basically why it's all over the news. But in the last month or so, there has been an exciting development in vigilante investigation of Area 51. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later. But for now, let's cover the basics. What you said is all absolutely correct. For decades, Area 51 has been the mecca for UFO phenomena, a sacred, forbidden and hidden place on Earth where believers have long assumed that extraterrestrial life is being contained and repressed there to this day. And what seems to fascinate people, what burns itself into the minds of paranormal investigators, is that unlike many rumored secret facilities and paranormal sites, the kinds of which we've talked about in this podcast before, we know it's there. It's hiding in plain sight. It's absolutely there. We'll touch on this a little bit later, but it's actually visible on Google Maps. You can go see the layout of the base itself. But if you try and drag your little man onto the road to do the little walk, he gets shot. He drops immediately. You try and drag him out there and it just goes, and he just blood everywhere. It's horrible. I would not recommend it. Please don't. Google's going through hundreds of those little guys and people trying it. So let's just, let's give him a break. The next time I tried to load Google Maps, (laughs) The little guy was there. There was paramedics on the seat. Little Google, little yellow tiny par- paramedics, yellow paramedics. Yeah. A little yellow wife was sobbing, crying in, in the, the background with the kids behind her. Next thing, I turn on my computer. The little yellow guys are trying to f-ing take me to court over the whole ordeal. <laughs> but the legend goes that the U.S. military denies all of this to this day. But like you alluded. This bit isn't strictly true, whilst the US military do not acknowledge a secretive research facility in the Nevada desert called Area 51, they do acknowledge the existence of an experimental aircraft research facility in the Nevada desert called Groom Lake. Hmm. And they don't refer to Groom Lake as a secret base, but they do acknowledge that all of the information regarding Groom Lake is, quote, top secret sensitive compartmented information right they said secret in the thing that they said it wasn't right which is, it's, that's very silly i also didn't realize that they didn't refer to it as area 51 i thought that was the military uh like the military term where does that come from then it's kind of up for debate where area 51 exactly comes from there's a couple of different ideas out there but it's it's kind of a name that's stuck over the years but it is funny because they they've always referred to it as groom lake Uh, in official documentation, except we got a little peek behind the veil in 2013 because a clever investigator went to the US government, put in a formal request, Freedom of Information Act, we want to pull documents regarding Area 51 from the CIA in 2005, it's been 50 years, cough up the docs. Yeah. It took eight years, but in 2013, we got some of those documents. You know, they didn't want to give too much away, obviously. You know those documents are heavily redacted. We've featured them on the podcast before. Uh, But one, You're basically getting a black sheet back. That's how redacted these things are. Maybe with the date and then just darkness (laughs) right there. It just says CIA 1955, f*** you. But one of the fun bits is that whenever they got these documents, they realized that they were bullshitting the entire time. They called it Area 51. What? Like, they call it Area 51 on the f***ing documents. <laughs> For all those years, they were like, no, it's, there's no such thing. It's Groom Lake. Don't be stupid. Area 51 is a, is a conspiracy. And then they're like, okay, on the inside. Yeah, granted, we call it Area 51. So just to clarify what we've covered so far, 
They said it wasn't a secret base. Sure. It was just a base that did top secret top experiments. Secret compartmented information. Right. They named their desert base Groom Lake. Yeah. <laughs> a complete opposite of, I assume, of what was there. And then the whole time they were actually calling it Area 51. Area the, 51. the thing they f***ing right. said they weren't calling it. Right. And these are the people who are talking and handling the aliens. Liars. Liars. Charlatans. Cheats. And aliens don't take kindly to liars because... Absolutely not. Uh-oh, they can read your mind. You know who should be hanging out with the aliens? Leonardo DiCaprio. He Go seems on. like a nice guy. He's chill. He's environmentally cautious. He's not going to lie. He's not going to lie to anyone. Ryan Gosling. Sure. He'd be great as I well. Mean, down, sit uh, down for a chat. Uh, maybe one other person who's not like a... Hollywood movie star though maybe someone else right Tom Holland uh, well I mean that's pretty much a quintessential Hollywood movie star London but... born baby gone to Hollywood he's not a Hollywood star okay well he came here small time anyone else even like Liam Neeson baby he's really? not even London that's Northern Ireland okay pretty sure he lives in Hollywood though <laughs> it's a theme year like I think he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame <laughs> all I'm saying is they keep landing in the california desert they want to see the hollywood walk of fame yeah bring some actors out there for christ's sake yeah like i say um they describe the information gathered at groom lake as top secret sensitive compartmented information uh, i tried to find a little bit more about what this actually means but needless to say that all those explanations were redacted if you google what does tssci mean you just get a jpeg that says keep on moving buddy of course but like i said this is a real brick and mortar place um it actually is believe it or not it's called groom lake because there's a giant ass lake there um the story goes that couldn't have stopped me earlier then buddy huh the story before goes... i made a fool of myself okay we can cut it from i did the a podcast, whole rant bro. i did a whole rant where i said you can't trust these men because they said there was a lake in okay, the desert well, and you let that one go right by me when there's been a lake here the whole f time and I you knew it, there and you knew there was a lake I think there it, i think there was a lake i think it's a dry lake unbelievable unbelievable think, so it's fine but don't, well, don't get upset about you're it. You're going to let me rant. Next thing you think you're going to tell me, well, like, Tom Holland is a Hollywood movie star. Of course he is. After He's I ranted that he wasn't. He's one of the most famous faces on the silver screen. I just didn't realize he going to be put on blast on my own podcast. Made okay. to look like an asshole, but it's fine. Yes, I can't trust you <laughs> for a start. That's know who your friends are. Should have thought twice before you threw that gun at me. And this base is about 80 miles outside of Las Vegas, which is a lot closer than I thought. It's like a couple hours drive. So if you're in that area... You can look it up on a map and drive towards it. And the road that leads there was known officially as Nevada State Route 375, but known unofficially as <laughs> Extraterrestrial Highway. <laughs> Good God. It said that many travelers who take this road have reported bizarre paranormal phenomenon, including UFO sightings. Kind of as a fun aside to this, um, I learned that the local council decided in 1996 that they could probably bring in a lot more tourism to this literal dust bowl area if they officially named it Extraterrestrial Highway. Yeah. So they did. They made a bunch of novelty road signs that say like, uh, speed limit warp speed seven. Oh, I love this. This is fantastic. And in an even more bizarre twist, <laughs> this was also the same year that Independence Day came out. So 20th Century Fox found out and and drove out the entire cast of Independence Day to extraterrestrial to lane? open extraterrestrial highway. Jeff Goldblum cut the f ribbon. That's amazing. But aside from this road, there's not really that much out there, uh, except for a few small communities in places like Tickaboo Valley, 
uh, and the nearby town of Rachel. Now, Rachel is home to about 50 people to give you a picture of how few people live in this area of desert and in ritual there is only one place to stay called the Ailey Inn. Oh no! However in my reading I did learn it is also the location of the Area 51 Research Center. To be clear this is not the US Military Research Center Area 51. This is a research center that researches what goes on in Area 51. Incredible. Incredible. At no point did I actually think beside the Ailey Inn was an actual military research base. Of course, as a fellow paranormal investigator, Rory, I know you'll want to see this state-of-the-art facility, see what they're running over there. Of course, what kind of tech? eye on these military industrial fat cats. So uh, here's a picture of the research center for you okay all right we're look there's a sign out front that says area 51 research center and then what we're looking at is is, is a yellow and white it looks like a trailer it looks like a shack it's a trailer it's it's, it's a trailer yeah it's not exactly as like cutting edge and high tech as I was hey, hoping. There's a satellite at the front. That's true, but I don't even know if it's plugged into anything. That could be purely for looks. I think that's a TV aerial on top as well. I don't think that's a real satellite. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced there's a whole lot of very useful research being conducted in this facility. It also says, there's a whilst there is a big sign that looks quite cool that says Area 51 Research Center, the other sign says bookstore. <laughs> So <laughs> not even paranormal, I don't regular bookstore. I, I don't think there's that much money in uh, researching Area 51. I love it. It's like, there's the, the inn, the A. Lee inn. And then uh, here's the bookstore, the A. Lee bookstore. That one doesn't really work. But <laughs> it's just we're going by A. Lee. <laughs> but I did think that the people who run this research center, they must have a few interesting stories up their sleeves. So luckily I found one interview with um, one Mr. Don Emery who worked at the research center who was quoted as saying, there have been a lot of sightings out there by the mailbox on the road. <laughs> I didn't actually bring it up, but there, there's a whole thing about this mailbox. I'm so glad you didn't. I, I, no, no. In, in an investigation as important as Area 51, at no point should we be focusing on a mailbox. There's a mailbox because it's not even the mailbox for Area 51. No. It's the mailbox for the Area not 51 Research Center. No. Okay. It's a, it's just a mailbox. But the the mailbox, apparently a bunch of paranormal shit happens there. So UFO investigators will come and meet at the mailbox. I guess because there's not that many things in the immediate area. Yeah. So you kind of have to go with what little landmarks there are. Unfortunately, the guy who owns the mailbox has had to get the thing like repaired and replaced a bunch of times because people keep vandal. They keep thinking there's like paranormal shit inside it, but it's just his mail. <laughs> What's going on in this tiny little town? Emery continues. There's about two or three sightings a week out here. People usually say they saw lights coming out of the distance and occasionally someone comes out and says they saw a disc shaped object. And apparently inside this building, inside this trailer, I should say, it's covered in military maps of the area, pictures of spy and research planes, and a ton of books on the paranormal, including hauntings, cryptids, and allegedly even alien artifacts. They say that they have an alien gray body in a jar of green liquid. What? In, the, in this research trailer? Mm -hmm, which you can go see. Oh my gosh. And whilst lots of people come through Rachel or drive down the extraterrestrial highway for a bit of fun, Many, many people go to this trailer to tell others about experiences they've had and to find others who understand their point of view. Now, of course, to understand how 
all of this story began. We don't have to go back that far, really. Our story basically begins in the 40s and 50s. This was when the UFO phenomenon at large really kicked off. And we still don't know exactly why. Regardless, during this decade or so, the skies started to light up like a goddamn alien Christmas tree with mysterious objects and flying saucers flying to the sky seemingly every night of the week. And because so much of it was in this area, the military base became synonymous with UFO sightings. And of course, in 1947, the R word happened. Roswell. We've done a two-part series on Roswell. Rory straight up psycho deep dove into yeah. that case. So if you haven't heard that before, I highly recommend going back and checking it out. Um, way more detail than we could go into on this it's episode 61 and 62, I believe. Oh, the good, good double header on that one. It was a, that was a real psycho dive. But the point is, it was alleged that the wreckage and potentially the bodies from the Roswell UFO crash were taken almost 900 miles to Area 51 for research and secrecy to be guarded for decades. Which is crazy, you know, because you think US military, they've got operations... Uh, our bases of operation littered all over the world to take something that strange and scary 900 miles did you say yeah to, to roswell even if it's a little piece of scrap metal what if that thing is is melting the insides of your bones as you carry it you don't know because it's from space things are weird in space that yeah that thing could be poison in your ball sack just being close to it you don't know what it's doing and they carried it 900 miles which would lead you to believe that something in that area 51 facility is capable of um dissecting alien artifacts like this this is obviously a place where they handle a lot of those types of materials they handle an enormous amount of materials that can melt your ball sack in an instant not even all of it is from space just lava. Look at lava there. I don't melt your nuts in a second. Acid. Hair straighteners. They say They say it was founded by a guy who was really protective of his newts. You make a great point, though. It, no, I don't. Oh, wait. Well, the original point, yeah, before the nuts, nuts melted. Soldier, why aren't you at your station post? Permission to go to the sick base, sir. Explanation, soldier. My nutsack is melted to the inside of my combat trousers, sir! <laughs> Look around you, boy. Everyone around here's nutsacks have melted to the inside of their trousers. Get back to that post. <laughs> yes, sir! How did this even happen? Teabag to George Foreman Grill, sir! <laughs> we need to find and fund a base that can study <laughs> this affliction so our men will never have to deal with this again. And Area 51 was born. No, but y you do have one good point in there it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation was the quote unquote weather balloon right brought to area 51 because area 51 was established as a paranormal research center or was it brought to area 51 because it was simply the nearest high security base where they could get it away from the eyes of the press if you think about it they probably didn't want to drive it 20 miles outside of Roswell where people could follow probably wanted to take it yeah a thousand miles away where no one was ever going to see it again it's a good point. It's a good point. All we know is that it was taken through the doors of Area 51 because nothing gets in and nothing gets out of there. Or does it? Well, yeah, you just said it went in. You said it, it got taken into the doors of Area 51. I'm, I'm making a point. Sorry. About to, you'll see. It'll like make sense. Okay. Don't remind me. I won't interrupt show. again. Okay. Don't. Just make sure. Because...
but like I was in a flow. <sighs> you weren't because you oh. stopped talking and that's how I got oh. the chance to say something. Was flow, so it definitely wasn't a flow. Was in a flow state. Definitely bro. wasn't a flow. I was in a flow state, bro. I've been taking these like neuro brain pills wow. to like get myself in a flow. They're pretty big as you can see. It's a bag of M&Ms. You realize that, right? What? Yeah, you've been eating M&Ms for three weeks I now. bought these off an Indian pharmacist website for five thousand dollars a piece he scammed you said it he didn't do a good job because it's still in the m&m's bag so he didn't even put them in a regular pill box yeah my flow is wearing off bro so i don't think it's really doing anything for me i don't i'll be honest this page doesn't even look like english anymore i think you've had too many m&m's that one's got a you can see the peanut throw up you can see the peanut in the m&m i hope not because i'm allergic as shit That's probably why you can't read the document then. Wow. My tongue is swelling up like crazy. So just to clarify, this is what you thought would happen Ah, if your brain was working better? I I can get back into the flow. (laughs) You were never in the flow. The doors are very... You were never in the flow and you've had too many M&Ms. Don't interrupt me. I'm going to get your pen. Don't interrupt me. (laughs) I'm trying to save your life. (laughs) Back off. Back off, all right? I just need to have a couple more of these pills and I'll figure out how to fix the situation. Those aren't even M&Ms. Those are just peanuts. And a box of shrimp. (laughs) It's everything you're allergic to. This will counteract the poison. Sea poison versus land poison. (laughs) That's right. For decades after Roswell, the US military brushed off any mentions of UFOs and the paranormal as purely conspiratorial thinking. You're a woo-woo piece of shit if you believe any of that. At least that's what my dad used to say. And all this brushing off almost worked. Except in 1989, one man, a man on the inside, spoke out. His name is Bob Lazar. According to Lazar, his employer was the United States Navy. He says he and other government employees would gather near EG&G, fly to Groom Lake, and then a very few people would get into a bus with blacked out or no windows and drive to S4. When you get off the bus, what do you see? It's a very interesting building. It's got a slope of probably about 30 degrees, the, uh, which are hangar doors. And it has textured paint on it, but it's, it looks like sand. It's made to look like the side of the mountain that it's in, whether it's to disguise it from satellite photographs or what. He says he was never told exactly what he'd be working on, but figured it had something to do with advanced propulsion. On his first day, he was told to read a series of briefings and immediately realized how advanced the propulsion was. The power source is an antimatter reactor. Uh, they run gravity amplifiers. There's actually two parts to the drive mechanism. Uh, it's just, it's a bizarre technology. There's no physical hookup between any of the systems in there. Uh, they use gravity as a wave using waveguides, almost like microwaves. It took a while, Lazar says, before he actually saw one of the flying disks. However, there were hints everywhere. Right, they had a poster, and it looked like a commercial poster almost, like it was lithographed and you could buy it at a Kmart or something. But they were all over the place, and it had the, the disk that I coined the term the sport model was lifted off the ground about three feet at, at uh, area S4 on the dry lake there. And uh, the caption on the bottom said they're here. So that was just a short clip of an interview Bob gave around 1989. Basically, he first of all went on to American TV anonymously. Uh, literally, his face blacked out under the pseudonym Dennis. Went public with a lot of this information, saying that he had been hired essentially as a contractor to go work on some advanced 
aeronautic technology, and that he was stationed in Tikaboo Valley. But then, as we heard in that video, he was uh, driven out with the other workers and engineers to supposedly Area 51. They were day in day out working on these alien technologies. Shortly after that, he went public with his identity, has been doing this kind of outreach work to try and tell the world about his time at Area 51 to this day. This has led to, most recently, this year, a Netflix documentary about his life and about his work. He just was on Joe Rogan about a month ago, talking for about three straight hours with the documentary maker and Joe Rogan, um, literally just detailing how these spaceships work, what they look like, yeah. um, and his entire time there. He's quite a confident guy. He obviously seems quite intelligent and he talks with uh, a lot of conviction. I mean, it's a very convincing story. Like, the way he talks about these crafts is very scientific. He's not bigging it up or painting them in a, a light that we see a lot of people in our stories talk about these ships um, in the, the sort of context they would. Like, last week or the week before we talked about the Fal Falcon Lake incident and you know it's people who are seeing UFOs and but they're saying it was there were bright shining lights and no seams on the metal and this strange cigar shape and right here Bob is just like I can tell you exactly what type of craft it was uh, this is how they do it it's these anti-gravitational waves used like microwaves uh, it's very fact-based uh, descriptions which is very refreshing to see in our evidence frankly Absolutely. He also doesn't appear to be drunk, which helps because a lot of our evidence comes from intoxicated males. Quite right. Uh, so this is quite refreshing as well. Yeah, he's been remarkably consistent over the years. He's drawn sketches like the one I'm just showing Rory here, where he tries to kind of outline where things are on the craft. Yeah. I don't know what you make of these. The only thing that strikes me about them is that they're very traditional. Yeah, but as we discussed in the Falcon Lake incident, you know, these traditional drawings of typical UFOs, you know, there's multiple reasons for why they look so generic. And maybe the reason is, is because that's what they actually look like. That's what the floating thing looks like. So could be. I saw a clip of him talking about, do you remember those recent fighter pilot videos of UFOs that they chased through the sky? Yeah. And one of the videos was quite interesting because it sort of showed this vague UFO shape, but it was sort of traveling on its side and then kind of rotated in a very bizarre, unplane-like or unhelicopter-like way before traveling at 90 degrees in, in another direction. Yeah. And it was interesting to see Bob talking about that. And he sort of said, yeah, I, this is what I've been saying for years, is they don't fly in the way that you see in movies where they just kind of glide along. Hover like a frisbee, yeah. He says the belly, the underneath, is where the gravitational drive is, and that's what drives it forward. So it looks like it's flying on its side, essentially. Got it, got it. Which is, again, just a little bit more of that detail and makes it seem a little bit more believable. Yeah, because why would you make up that little twist? And I do really recommend that people who are interested in Bob Lazar check out the documentary, check out the interview with Joe Rogan and see what you think. But one of the things he talked about that really fascinated me was that he provided a piece of evidence back in 1989 that may have proved to be true today. Okay. Whenever we have talked about time travelers in the past, things like that, we always say, what's the ultimate proof that they're from the future? We say, if they could just simply bring back a piece of information from even 30 minutes in the future, we would know that they were being truthful. Exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing in uh, Back to the Future. You know, he goes back with the sports almanac. That has all the results of all the sports games 
for the next X years. Exactly. He can predict what's going to happen in all the games. That's how he convinces them he's from the future. So that's what you need. You need something you can bring back or some piece of evidence that proves beyond a reasonable doubt that you are from the future. But Bob, whenever he was questioned, they asked him what his gravitational engines run on. He simply said, an as yet undiscovered element with an isotopic mass of 299 that had been made stable by this alien race and was harnessed for the use of interplanetary fuel. Wow. And at the time, this was kind of brushed off as kind of convenient that the aliens used an element which we hadn't even discovered yet. Yeah. It's a bit of like a shot in the dark to just say they've harnessed the power of the wind like just, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just enough of a vague answer that you could get away with it yet 14 years later in 2003 a joint team of russian and american scientists first synthesized what they called moscovium a synthetic chemical element with the exact isotopic mass range that bob had predicted back in 1989 now, the only caveat to this is that Moscovium has only ever been synthesized in very minute quantities. They've only generated like 100 atoms of Moscovium to date, and it always disintegrates. But Bob maintains to this day that, yeah, that's the element I'm talking about. It has a mass of 299, um, except they've just managed to make a stable isotope of it. And chemists and skeptics can't technically disagree with that. It is theoretically possible to have a stable isotope of Moscovium. Yeah. But it just hasn't been done yet. It's kind of fascinating that something he predicted in the 80s actually came to be invented in the 2000s. And just because there's not a stable version of it out here doesn't mean there's not a stable version of it inside Area 51. So, of course, after hearing stories like Bob Lazar's, like the decades of mystery surrounding what goes on there, in 2019, the year of Luigi that we are in, 2019, the people finally decided that enough was enough. As we referred to earlier on the show, sometime in the last few weeks, a public Facebook event page has materialized, which is simply titled... Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us. That's right. Uh, it's set with a event date of September 20th, 2019. The location is Area 51 and the event details are three lines long. Quote, we will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. It's all true. And I love the passion. I love the idea. I love the energy. I, I gotta clap that on, on the cast. More. We've been making this podcast for two years. Yeah. This is what we want to see. We want to see more paranormal events where the public rises up and demands answers. How many people have RSVP'd to the event? 1.9 million. My God. Going. Sorry, that's going. Uh, then there's 1.4 million interested. The entire problem with trying to approach Area 51 in the past has been if we approach one by one, we'll be stopped. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched the videos of what happens if you approach Area 51. Oh yeah. It's pretty terrifying. It's really scary. You just get followed by multiple blacked out SUVs and then presumably you're never seen again. It's crazy to think that they are paid men who just sit in the desert All they do. miles out waiting for people to go into Area 51. They're like, also, there's nothing important in there. Don't worry. Yeah. Also, there's thousands of armed men in black just waiting. patrolling the area and we will disappear anyone who comes near it. Yeah. But there's nothing there. There's, there's nothing just there. a couple planes. It's a lake. Get over <laughs> it. We're just swimming. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. I'm absolutely going to be there. We're going to be there. The commune will be there. Oh, yeah. We're very dumb. Frontline baby like Aragorn leading the charge. Uh, but I have to say, I didn't really grow up watching Naruto. What's yeah. the effectiveness of this run? Is this going to work? Oh, 100%. 100%, kid. I can't be more clear on that. The Naruto run is tried and tested. Um, it's, you know, they call it the Naruto run, but it's really employed by um, all of the ninja of the Hidden Leaf and uh, many of the surrounding villages. Uh, it makes you more aerodynamic. Uh, of course. Essentially, the running technique is leaning forward and throwing both of your arms uh, backwards to make yourself into some sort of human arrow. You're kind of bent over in half like an old person. Yes. As yeah. you do it. I've seen that run dodge kunai before um, and ninjutsu. Mm -hmm. So I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be able to basically put you at a speed where you are fast enough to dodge bullets if you can dodge a freaking chidori if you can dodge a chidori you can dodge a bullet you know is what i'm, is what I'm saying but i did uh do a little google research here see what the journalists out there are saying and i saw that uh one kanishkan sathasivam a professor of political science at salem state university an expert on international security claimed it's not going to be as easy and straightforward as that. These towns are very tiny and for even 100,000 people, let alone 1.4 million, to come to any of these towns would be logistically impossible. Even for a highly organized group with lots of resources, it would be very difficult to pull off. Uh, now the US Air Force themselves spoke out on this and said, 
Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. We would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train the armed forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Ooh, assets. Now, James Forrest, the professor of School of Criminology and Justice Studies at the University of Massachusetts, said force protection isn't just a few armed guards at the entrance gate. Uh, the problem is the attackers would certainly not have the element of surprise given the Facebook group, nor superior numbers, nor superior firepower or technology to achieve any of their objectives. It would be completely suicidal. However, they did concede that theoretically, if enough people tried, it would be possible to overwhelm the base's defenses. But the chances of this critical mass attaching such a thing is slim to nil. Yeah, I think it would require everyone who's, who signed up for the event to be there representing with whatever weapons they can get their hands on. And yes, some people will die. But that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. And, and everyone else should be as well. Now, I thought this was super interesting. Finally, the, the last opinion on this whole story at Area 51 uh, topic was actually Bob Lazar. He made a post the other day, and this is the Instagram caption. I have to comment on this Storm Area 51 thing. I do understand it was started as a joke, but there are a number of people who are actually planning on showing up. This is a misguided idea. Area 51 is a classified research base. There's no aliens or technology located there. The only place there was ever alien technology was Site S4, south of Area 51. That was 30 years ago too. S4 may have moved, or it's possible it's no longer being used for the project. I don't support this movement. The last time someone tried to get into Area 51, he was shot. <laughs> Jesus. This is not the way to go about trying to get more information. So I take it Bob's not coming. <laughs> I thought he had our back. He's just interested. What are you thinking about whether there's something paranormal going on there right now? Right now. I think that's quite an interesting one. I think along with Bob, you know, maybe he is right. This place has become so notorious and famous that it would almost be silly for the government to continue um, any paranormal experiments in that location. As he mentioned S4 or S7, whatever it was. S4. S4, a nearby location where obviously they're doing paranormal, weird alien experiments. Maybe there is a whole branch of subsections to this base in the same area where they're doing these tests. But the actual Area 51 itself, I mean, who knows what they're doing in there? I think if the government are smart, they would have outsourced some of the weirder stuff to these little sub labs hidden around and maybe area 51 itself is just the hub where i don't know they do some secretive stuff but maybe it's just experimental aircrafts and not the actual alien stuff um but in terms of the raid i'm in i'm i think it's it's high time we do something like this rise up demand power sure sacrifice a couple lives but you know some of us are gonna make it in there and it's gonna be glorious i think we'll get everything you've ever wanted It'd be, the, it'd be like, you know, in um, Indiana Jones, where they have that big warehouse where they basically box up all the magic shit. Yeah. So the Ark is in there. Yep. Probably like um, freaking uh, Jesus's cross is in there, probably. Jesus' cross, Jesus' cup. 
all his stuff, all his, it's like a lockbox for Jesus' stuff. You could probably go in there and just gank whatever you want because you've earned that right as one of the survivors of the raid to take whatever you want from, it's, it's squatter's rights at that point. We will raid and we will plunder, absolutely. A hundred, we're 21st century desert pirates. Uh, taking some alien shit from the government. And I, I couldn't be more on board. There was an interesting quote from uh, former President Barack Obama in the 2015 interview with GQ magazine, where he was asked about the top secret and classified information to do with Area 51. I gotta tell you, it's a little disappointing. People always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and UFOs. And it turns out the stuff going on that's top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you expect. In this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think. Okay. I mean, that's of course what he's going to say, but... It also sounds like disappointingly, like it could be real. He even says in this day and age, like, which kind of suggests that there could have been something interesting going on in the past, but today, maybe it is just research helicopters. Yeah. Normally at the end of every episode, we come down in a yes or no whether a particular case is paranormal or not. But I think today... We've got a call to arms with a nation, a paranormal nation of 1.9 million people who are going to storm the f*** out of Area 51 come September 20th. Yeah. I think the answer today is, are we going, not going, or interested? It's a really good way to do this. You know, I think I've made my stance really clear. When the day comes, when that day comes, and we have to decide if we want alien stuff, and a bunch of Jesus's old gear, or if we want to stand aside like sheep and just let all this stuff go, I'm on the side of the paranormal party. I'm going to be front in line. I'm going to be yeah, charging brother. in there yeah, brother. with Captain America's shield, Thor's hammer. I'm going to, I'm going to dual katanas <laughs> on my back. I'm going to assemble these Avengers and we are going to just sprint, sprint into that desert minefield. I'm yes, I'm going. We're going. We're going. We're going. That's a that's a double going We're on this week's episode. Double going, mother. <laughs> Jesus Christ! One exciting end to uh, to this investigation. One way or another, we're going to get a conclusion on September 20th, folks. Yeah. As to whether there's uh, goddamn aliens behind those gates. Uh, we hope to see a lot of you there. We've had a lot of people email this one in. Thank you so much to all of you for, for suggesting that we cover it today. I really enjoyed getting a bit more of a load on Area 51. Hope you enjoyed learning a bit more about it too. If you have any of your own tips, uh, any tips on how to perfect my Naruto run, uh, please send them in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. As always, if you're enjoying the show, if you enjoyed this week's episode and all the episodes thus far, maybe you've run out. Maybe you've gone goddamn ham on it. Maybe you Area 51 raided our podcast library. Believe it or not, there's more. There's an Indiana Jones... Uh, it's called S4, baby. <laughs> Ark of the Covenant S4 stash of paranormal episodes over at patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Where at two bucks a month, you can get a shout out here in the podcast. Five bucks a month, you get access to a host of bonus episodes where we cover the too hot for TV redacted information that doesn't make it to the main cast. And above that, we got t-shirts. And to give you a little taste of what's behind those pearly gates, here's a little clip of our last bonus episode. They were blinded looking for gold coins. They couldn't see the, the goldenest coin ever. 
Disgusting. Mummy juice. Okay, disgusting Mummy juice, water. my friend. Okay, so it's not sewage uh, runoff anymore. It's mummy juice. It's straight up mummy juice. Which is an uncomfortable phrase, I will say. We're talking milf juice right here, okay, folks. Okay, let's knock off Sarcophagus up milf juice. This is the original gamer girl bath water. <laughs> Those scientists should have bottled this shit up and sold it online. Well, it wasn't long before a change.org petition appeared online with the title, Let People Drink the Red Liquid from the Dark Sarcophagus. very quickly. How did this... And, like I said, at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out people who supported us on Patreon. That's what we're going to do right now. Let's go. Thank you to Trevor Bettis. When it comes to getting a crew to Raid Area 51 with... Trevor's a safe bettis. He's been sharpening his shuriken since the second the Facebook event was made live. Right, so he already had shuriken before, I guess, before it was live? According to his Patreon profile image, he's a black belt. Wow, in what? Naruto? Naruto (laughs) running? He finished the box set, Naruto fighting? Naruto ramen eating? He does it all. He's a black belt in all of it. He's a black belt weeb. That's what we need, folks. (laughs) Well, I never, Trevor... Thank you for your support. Thanks also to Edward Ack. Is that Edward Ack or Edward AK as in Edward AK 47? <gasps> Rat-a-tat-tat. Put a couple caps in them alien asses. Are we shooting area- the aliens now? <laughs> We're shooting whoever gets in our way. And you know some of those Area 51 bastards have turned the aliens against us, the liberators. Right. They got some Stockholm Syndrome going on. Exactly. They've got those greys singing the national anthem. <laughs> Saluting the flag, pledging allegiance. So I'm glad that uh, Edward Ack has brought some firepower to change their minds. Thanks also to Esther Slade. Esther Slade's got a blade. When we're out of ammo, the katana goes blammo. <laughs> it comes out swinging. It might hit. It might hit guards. It might hit greys. It might hit a couple of our own runners. Probably. But it's clearing a path for the rest of us to follow. So thank you for bringing your own weapons. It's the one thing a sword doesn't do. (laughs) Thanks also to Andres Rocha. Andres has a plan, Des, gonna work. Whoa. That's right, when the bullets die down, when the katana goes blunt, he's got those little Peter Pan knives. Those (laughs) tiny little ones that he can just... So a different blade. A smaller blade that he can just shank his way through the crowd. Shanking gray, shanking guards, shanking his way to the secrets. It's a simple plan, but I like it a lot. It's very simple. Well done, Andres. (laughs) That's why it's going to work. Thanks also to Ankit Mishra. You feeling brave, Ankit? I hope you're coming to the raid because, you know, we got our Naruto runners. We got our generals and our leaders. Mm-hmm. We need someone to not lead the charge because I was I was going to do that. But we need someone to just be the first one to kind of do it. I'll still be leading it. But obviously, if there's any like mines or automatic turrets, yeah. uh, defense systems over there, I just I got to know about it because I can't get the leader. But you'll be you'll be a hero. The first fallen, you know, they'll probably build a little statue of you out there you like shaking hands with a gray and if you survive we'll buy you brunch and a dinner and okay. a dinner not Why on the not? same day though actually you get the dinner we'll get the brunch you know what it's never gonna f-ing happen so uh we'll, we'll buy you a five-star hotel and whatever you want well let's well maybe not don't do that one because if it does if it does work out and he does survive we can't afford we can't afford there's no, there's no f-ing. 
you loaded a gun while you said that, so please don't hurt any of our patrons. Because if they survive, I'm gonna f make them not survive. So. <laughs> You've got three little Peter Pan knives in your pocket. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks also to Ellis Saunders. Ellis, if you come to the raid, you can stand under my umbrellas. That's right, because when the when the bombs start dropping, Ellis, there's bombs. There's gonna be bo- inevitably. There's gonna be bombs. They've come prepared. We're gonna need to get under something. So by my umbrella, I'm really referring to probably a sheet of scrap metal uh, that I've picked up off the ground, which is probably alien debris. It's probably melted my nuts as I hold it, but it'll do the, it'll do the job. We can be safe under the umbrellas. And then we'll go back to the fight. I think we've established as well that your umbrellas, your defense in all of this is other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the front line. Thanks also to Sam Wright. Sam Wright loves a fight. And this is a fight for uh, the most important thing of all. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> and, you know, these are, these are, these aliens have been turned into patriots. So who are they not going to punch? Uncle Sam. We push him in the front line. It wouldn't deck an American hero. He is America. He can walk us right in there, and then as soon as we get in those doors, the Naruto runners burst out of the sides. It's gonna be glorious, Sam. Thanks also to Alicia Furrow. Alicia Furrow, we're on top, and you gonna burrow straight down (laughs) into the bunker, deactivate the alarm system, and let us runners in the front. We got the blades, we got the guns, we're ready to go. Because in an Air Force base, the last thing they're expecting is an enemy underneath. Exactly. It's called the Air Force, not the fucking ground force. You're fine down there, burrowing down there. You you got this. What's that? The Grind Force Infantry will also be there? Shit. Damn it. Thanks also to Luis Bojarquez. Luis, what I need you to do is go on Amazon and buy yourself an alien costume. All right? You're going to wander around the desert looking lost. They're going to take you in thinking that you just escaped the prison. Once you're in there... You strip down, you've got an EMP strapped to your body that you detonate. You know, and Lewis, you can come up with a cool um, line to say right before you do it. Like, you know, lights out, you sons of bitches. Mm -hmm. And then punch on the EMP, which will blast out and deactivate everything. Uh, That was just, you can do whatever you want if you've got something cooler. Like, how's this for a close encounter? Boom! You know, some really cool, some cool like alien pun or or like even, you know, Naruto Runners! go or hit it and you know something cool like that but you can come up with whatever you want your own one but we're not paying for the suit you gotta pay you gotta do the suit yourself also thanks for the money (laughs) that you gave us special thank you to little kittle cat little kittle cat i'm not gonna beat her on the bush we're gonna strap some sort of explosive to you and send you in (laughs) in the front line i I know we've been kind of tiptoeing around this here but uh sacrifices need to be made you're gonna be blasting open that front door taking out a lot of that uh, infantry on the front line of course because they're not not gonna say no to a little kittle little kittle cat so you you, you know you you go in there you don't realize they don't realize you've got a bomb strapped to you and then uh you know you can come up with your own cool catchphrase like um uh lights me out you sons of bitches and then and then you'll explode uh, but you'll take down a, 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 a stronghold that we need to be taken down, and you'll you'll really turn the tides for us. So thank you, little kittle cat, for your sacrifice. Thanks also to Marguerite Grifka. Marguerite knows no defeat. That's right. When the gun's out of ammo, when the katana's dull, when the little Peter Pan knives have been lost on the field, when of the battle. little kittle cats are in pieces. <laughs> 
Marguerite will not be defeated. She's got a little secret weapon up her sleeve. Is it an even tinier blade? A tinier oh, blade. It could barely, it's like a freaking needle. It's insane. She's jabbing people walking through the, the battlefield, course, making her way to the course. front. We appreciate the support. Thank you. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Michael Bills. It's your boy, Michael Bills, king of the hill. Michael, you're going to be holding up the back, carrying the flag of the paranormal nation. That's right, the commune flag. Uh, so when we've cleared the deck, we've uh, got rid of the guards, we've got those aliens rounded up and part of the commune ready to take us back to Zeta Reticuli. Right. We're planting the commune flag in Area 51 to show show them who's boss, honestly. And I really want it to be immortalized in a statue. You know that famous statue of all the soldiers pushing up the, uh, the American flag? Yes. I want it to be you, me, Michael, and a little alien gray. Of course. All raising the paranormal... Uh, a commune flag right at the top of area 51 it's gonna be glorious that just about wraps it up for this episode hope you enjoyed this week's investigation hope you're ready for september 20th we're gonna be uh all meeting up in the nevada desert it's gonna be beautiful stay tuned sharpen those katanas and we will see you on tuesday for a brand before you go anywhere we have an extra special announcement we are doing another live show a live investigation right here in london sunday 15th of September 2019. We had such a blast doing the last live show all the way back, believe it or not, in February that we're going to do it again. This is going to be even bigger, even better. Uh, We can't wait to see you there. You can buy tickets on the venue website, which is kingsplace.co.uk. We'll be tweeting out the links, posting on Facebook and everywhere. So this is part of the London Podcast Festival. They've invited us along. It's a fantastic festival. Uh, There's going to be lots of other big podcasts there. I think Doughboys are there. Uh... Black men can't jump at Hollywood. So we're very excited to be a part of it. Like I say, Sunday 15th, September, 9.30 p.m. Grab the tickets online and we'll see you there. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.